0: Hi, and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I'm Nick Axelrod-Welk. And
1: I'm Annie Kriegbaum.
0: Annie, you know what I want to talk about?
1: Tell me, Nick.
0: First, I want to know how you're doing.
1: I'm doing the same that I was doing last week. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't grammatically correct.
0: (laughs) The other thing I want to talk about is Black Friday. Maybe quarantine has done this to me. Maybe it's my, like, inherent evil consumerist Drive, But Mm -hmm. I was looking so forward to Black Friday. I love a deal. Yeah. And I bought so many baby things on Black Friday. And it'd be like, give me 10% off. And I'm like, okay, I'm buying things for when she's two and three years old.
1: I love that because 10% off is like what you get for signing up for their (laughs) email list anyway. I know, (laughs) I know,
0: I know. But like I bought like a high chair and like she's not even going to be able to like sit up for what? eight months.
1: You're asking me as if I know developmental milestones (laughs) for
0: children. I I want to say it's like they can start like tasting solid foods after six months and I think they can sit up. I don't know. You know what? The the jury's out and we're going to find out.
1: You're about to find out. I was racking my brain trying to figure out, do babies talk first or do they walk first? Walk. Okay. Well, thank God because I decided a baby immobile sitting in their little high chair talking at you, or not their high chair. What what is it called? A,
0: like a uh, bouncy castle like, thing, or like no. a bouncy thing?
1: Nick, you're gonna put, you can't put your. <laughs> all right, we need to. You need to read those baby books because you certainly cannot put your baby in a bouncy castle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, like a bouncy chair.
1: No, like a little a cradle with a handle.
0: A Moses basket. Moses basket.
1: A Moses basket. Yeah. Do we share the same Moses, Nick? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I think it, there's overlap. He's an
1: Old Testament character, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, but like, doesn't Christianity include the Old Testament? Anyway, we're getting of into course, the details. Yeah. Let's, Genesis, let's, Exodus, let's take it Leviticus,
1: Numbers, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. Annie, what were you saying about Moses' basket?
1: Oh, if the baby is talk. talking at you from a Moses' basket, that freaks me out more than if a baby was stumbling around your house not talking to you. <laughs>
0: the way you describe it is like, you think it's going to be like Stewie from Family Guy <laughs> mixed with like a drunk... <laughs> frat brother or something. What's been weird, and I think I've talked about it on the podcast, but having this pregnancy happen during COVID and our surrogate lives on the East Coast has made the entire idea of having a baby pretty abstract. So it's like, I know in three months, our lives will change forever and nothing will ever be the same. And I know that we'll figure it out as we go along. But like, I have no concept of how that feels like sensorially or like emotionally or psychologically, like how it's going to feel. So I think what I'm doing is buying things to try to like, feel something, buying things to feel something. Don't we all? Yeah, no, I'm buying things to like, try to like, yeah, I guess connect with the process and try to learn as I go along. So learn about the developmental stages. Do you want to hear one crazy thing I found out? Yes. Listen to how a changing table is assembled for a baby. Okay. First you buy the table and that could be like a dresser or a table. Then you buy a tray. Sometimes they come with a tray, but like the tray goes on top of the table and that's where you put the next thing, which is a changing pad. So the pad is the thing you actually lie the baby on. Then you buy a waterproof cover for the pad and then you buy a cozy cover For the waterproof cover, because you don't want the baby lying on the kind of plasticky waterproof cover, you put the cozy cover on top of the waterproof cover. And then sometimes you put a disposable liner on top of the cozy cover so you don't ruin that. So you basically
1: like create an entire bed.
0: Yeah. It's a diaper changing bed that you have to have like five layers for and like they all need to be organic and non-toxic. There's so much fear-mongering that goes on in, like, the baby product world. If you have an option between a non-toxic, organic, you know, flame-retardant-free thing and then, like, a normal one, of course, you're going to be like, fuck, I guess I need to get the non-toxic, flame-retardant-free one that's going to make her a baby genius. I know.
1: They make you think that you're going to burn your baby.
0: I know. I mean, it's crazy. There's even, (laughs) I found this website where this organic doctor was like giving her must-have newborn recommendations. And instead of even using a waterproof mattress cover, she's recommending you use 100% felted wool. (laughs) as a mattress cover because it's like inherently water resistant. And I was like, you know what? That is one step too far. Plastic is fine. It was, it was fine for me. It's going to be fine for this baby.
1: I feel like I have to just like save my commentary because I don't have a child and I don't necessarily have any desire to have one. And I feel like that upsets people when people without children talk about having children.
0: I feel like you're still going to have one. Yeah. I see you as a mother. Really? Yeah hundred percent.
1: In what way? What, because what you're like do you maternal. I am?
0: You like to cook. You like to take care of people. You're very that's like true. thoughtful. You care about the environment and the future. That's like Aww. a very, you know, parental thing.
1: Well, all children, I consider my children.
0: True. We're all parents in one way or another.
1: Yeah, I actually think so. I think that's like a beautiful, that phrase, even though you kind of hear it all the time, it becomes a little trite. It takes a village. That's actually the sweetest thing, you know? It's almost like at this point when you hear about a neighbor doing something for another neighbor, it's this exceptional thing instead of just something that should happen all the time because you're neighbors and you care about each other and you care about your community. And I don't know. I was thinking that this morning. I was walking. I always like to smile at like the same people I see on the street all the time. But and they can't are see you
0: smiling because you're wearing a mask.
1: No, they, they can see my little eyes squinting and the they squint? kind of get it. They're like, either she's glaring at me, <laughs> either she's mad or she's smiling.
0: I picture you like snow white with like little birds landing on your shoulder. Little
1: rats. (laughs) Little rats crawling at my legs. Little little rats (laughs) scurrying on your feet. (laughs) Little
0: cockroaches. (laughs) Let's do the week's top stories.
1: Yeah, enough with the niceties.
0: So this is... I think the biggest news of the week, which is that Kohl's department store and Sephora announced a 10-year partnership that will begin at least with the opening of 850 Sephora shop and shops at Kohl's stores over the next three years. And it will be online. There'll be over 100 products sold from Sephora on Kohl's website. They are going to have Kohl's and Sephora branding On the outside of all the stores, there will be the Sephora shop-and-shop at the front of all the stores. It's basically like a Sephora takeover of 850 Kohl's stores. And we've talked about the sort of dissolution of the JCPenney-Sephora collaboration, which was not a success. JCPenney was trying to make them stay in the deal for a long time as Sephora was trying to exit because it wasn't a good brand match. JCPenney, of course, is a retailer... That's not in a good place and also is not attracting a luxury consumer. Sephora is an LVMH-owned brand. It is a specialty multi-store. They finally exited that partnership and now are getting in bed with Kohl's, which I guess Kohl's has more celebrity-fronted brands. They have like Elsie Lauren Conrad. They have Rachel Ray. And Sephora obviously has Selena Gomez. They have... Pat McGrath, they have Rihanna, Fenty Beauty. So maybe there's a little bit of synergy in the fact that they are both kind of looking at the celebrity brand model. But I don't know. What do you think?
1: I've never been inside of a Kohl's. Have you? Do you are you familiar with Kohl's? Is it similar uh, to Target? No.
0: I think it's like a Target.
1: My perception is like it's a little bit lower price point, not as prestigious of a brand as Target, shall we say?
0: But I think that it is a step up from JCPenney. It does it's not like bargain basement kind of vibe. It's I think more of like a an everything store. You can buy dish towels, you can buy clothes, you can buy cookware. It's a real one stop shop.
1: I guess like the point I'm trying to make is like Sephora has been historically so prestigious, and it just yeah. it feels like. Really, I was not expecting this.
0: Initially, I thought, much like we had talked about Alta going into Target, I had thought that this was a play for Sephora to be able to preserve itself against having to shut down in the event of closures of all non-essential stores. But Kohl's actually closed all of its stores in March when the coronavirus really started surging and only started slowly opening, reopening the stores in May. It's not considered an essential store, so that's not the strategy. I think they want more customers. I think that they're probably going to lead with some more entry-level for Sephora price points that they'll kind of like convert a customer. And for Kohl's, the deal makes sense because it's like you come to buy your Sephora and you stay to buy other things at Kohl's. The other thing I'll say is I think Kohl's geographically, there's not a lot of overlap. It's not like you can go to a Kohl's and across the street there's a Sephora. I think they're sort of spreading their footprint It's just getting more real estate.
1: You posted this on our Eyewitness Duty Instagram. And we have some comments from people. One of our, what do we call them? Readers? Yes. She said, who makes these decisions at Sephora? JCPenney's to Kohl's while trying to maintain a high-end image. I've been buying less and less from Sephora in the past few years. And they keep making moves like this while Ulta secures the good partnerships like Target. Now that COVID has eliminated the free sample, Sephora literally has no leg up on competitors. It doesn't help that whenever their employees leave, they don't have any regrets. Guess this is just another step in the long goodbye.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, it'll be interesting. I think I don't really understand the online partnership where Sephora will launch on Kohl's.com. And then you can also buy it on Sephora you know, you could obviously you get VIP Rouge points when you buy at Sephora. I bet Kohl's has its own loyalty program, so I guess maybe there's some synergy there. To me, Ulta and Target makes a lot more sense. They both are sort of like a high end drugstore vibe. Yeah, but Sephora and Kohl's seem like you go for two different reasons. Totally, but maybe that's the point. TBD. TBD. What about this next one? You found this.
1: Well, I didn't find it. Everybody, I think, found it at the same time. Another collab we didn't see coming. Travis Scott and Byredo. Sorry, Byredo.
0: It dropped. It sold out.
1: We didn't see it coming. It dropped November 30th. When I first saw it, I thought it was like a teaser for when it would drop in the future. But no, that was just the drop. And immediately sold out. Travis Scott, as we know, is is a rapper. One of the biggest skyrocket successful rappers to come out in the past, what, decade? Probably in no small part to being Kylie Jenner's baby daddy. But he actually, I mean, his music is pretty incredible. And his visuals. So I think he's like an all-around like creative. creative artist. His shows are known for having really incredible set designs. But yeah, he collabed with Byrito, our friend Ben, and they developed a scent called Space Rage. There's a candle that they released that was $95 and an EDP, a Parfum. Parfum? How do you say it, Nick?
0: Eau de Parfum?
1: That for $285, it's a blue-purple glass with Travis's handwriting on it, but you have to listen to the scent description. It has top notes of cosmic dust and antimatter particles, middle notes of starlight and supernova, and the base note is atmospheric vapor and a dark nebulae.
0: That sounds delicious. What I think is interesting about (laughs) Travis Scott and whoever is managing his career is that he's done a ton of collaborations. He collaborated with McDonald's this past September.
1: He created a brand for himself called Cactus Jack, which is his like collaboration.
0: That's his golf. What do you mean? You know, the Tyler, the creator brand.
1: Yeah. But isn't that a clothing line?
0: Yeah, but isn't Cactus Jack?
1: I don't know. I thought Cactus Jack was just kind of like, it was a weird website that was like internet 1.0 that had all the McDonald's hype on it, you, but you couldn't actually buy anything from it. Let's see. I'm going to go to the website right now. Shop.traviscott.com, I guess is what it is now. If you Google Cactus Jack. Wait, no, it's an Instagram too. Oh, it's his nickname. Is Travis Scott and Cactus Jack the same person or does Travis Scott have his own Instagram? Somebody please. Will a reader educate us
0: It's a record label. It's an ode to his father. It's a little unclear to us. It's nothing like golf. I'm wrong about that. It's not a fashion label, but I guess it probably is the umbrella brand under which he's launching these collaborations, which include a McDonald's collaboration, several Nike shoes. The collaboration with McDonald's included a chicken nugget body pillow, (laughs) which is pretty amazing. He did a food collaboration with Reese's Puffs, the cereal. He did a collaboration with Fortnite, the video game. He is probably raking it in with these deals. We know that, like in music, since the advent of digital and streaming, the real money is in brand collaborations and merch and things like that, not so much in touring and. You I mean, know, especially records. not anymore.
1: I mean, musicians are hurting right now because they're not getting paid through Spotify, and they can't tour. You know, a lot of merch sales come through their tours, especially for if you're not Megan the Stallion level. They make money from doing live performances um, and a lot of musicians. the gap between a smaller band or musician and a superstar is like ever widening because of the investment it takes to you know launch a website with incredible merch that people actually want and then yeah market it.
0: I have a trivia question for you okay. Who is the last celebrity that McDonald's collaborated with? Before Travis Scott. Justin
1: Timberlake? Because remember, he did the ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He
0: just sang a song. That's not a collaboration. Okay. Who? The answer is Michael Jordan in 1992. And he was like America's sweetheart, front of the Wheaties box, you know. What did
1: they do with him? Did he get like a his own? What is
0: this? Like the SATs? I don't know.
1: You were the one trivia questioning me.
0: Hold on. I'm going to tell you. He did a McDonald's meal. The McJordan burger.
1: That sounds good.
0: Anyway, interesting. Travis Scott is huge and is obviously making the right brand decisions. McDonald's, Nike, and now by so he's he's going with really cool brands. Do you think Chris Jenner
1: does the deals for him, or do you think it's like
0: someone else? We're gonna find out. David Stromberg is Travis Scott's manager.
1: But do you think that that's Chris's alter ego? That she just like she created a fake email and yeah, David here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, speaking of fragrance collaborations, and maybe this person wishes they did do the Cactus Jack route, Joe Malone, the person, not the fragrance brand, is coming out with a line of fragrances with Zara.
0: So she had this brand that she launched after leaving Estee Lauder, who owns Joe Malone fragrances, called Joe Love. So technically, the collaboration is with Joe Loves and Zara Emotions, and there's eight fragrances, three sizes, candle, body wash, body lotion, shampoo, 10 to 40 bucks. They launched December 1st. And we were just reading about Jo Malone, who I didn't admittedly know much about. And she has a quite interesting story. She came from nothing British, started this brand that was acquired by Estee Lauder for obviously a ton of money. she left Estee Lauder and her brand when she had breast cancer and she was given a very bad prognosis, but she beat it and launched her own brand. And is like a pretty amazing person. So yay for Joe Malone. But she also released a really searing <laughs> statement against the Joe Malone brand when they recast John Boyega in their commercial. It was like, this is horrible and I am not associated. And then when Jo Malone Fragrances issued their apology to John Boyega and to the world, they had a line in the apology that said like, basically FYI, this has nothing to do with Jo Malone, the person, which I assume she insisted that they include because people were associating her with the brand still.
1: And you found a quote from her that was basically saying that she regrets selling her name to a corporation.
0: I think it's hard when your identity is wrapped up in your company. And then add on top of that, it's your actual name. Her brand is synonymous with her name. So if they, God forbid, do something unkind or untoward or cancelable, and then people think or assume that you're involved, I think it's, it's a tough thing to handle. And then also just, I think, emotionally and psychologically, I mean, I've experienced this where you tie so much of your identity and your self-worth to like the brand that you co-founded or founded that you're Nick from X company. Everyone knows you as that. So the minute you're not involved in that company anymore, it's sort of like, I mean, this sounds intense, but it's like, who am I? You know, like, how do I sort of rebuild my identity? And especially, I can't imagine what it's like if your name is actually the brand.
1: Yeah, no, 1000%.
0: You know who's not going to have this problem? Tell me, Jennifer Lopez. JLo. JLo Beauty is not going to eclipse the woman Jennifer Lopez. It launches January first or December eighth.
1: If you've signed up on their email list,
0: you get it a December. month early. Sorry, Sorry she Nick.
1: Did a- can I just uh, jog your memory here? We wagered a little bet here, if you'll oh, recall. We did remind me again what she's launching?
0: I thought she was going to launch like a body glow, and you said it was going to be skincare. Mm -hmm. And here's what she told Women's Wear Daily. She said that she always remembered this quote, until you're 25, you get the face God gave you. After that, you get the face you deserve. I don't really know what that means, but what we do know is that she launched a line of skincare and one skincare makeup hybrid. The names are long. And the packaging is rose gold. And the names are things like That Hit Single in a Cream Cleanser. That Blockbuster in a Non-Stop Wonder Cream. That Fresh Take in a Fierce Eye Cream. Okay. In the article, she says that it took her two years and 100 reformulations to come up with these products. We were talking before we started recording that that kind of sounds like she didn't necessarily know what she wanted because 100 is a lot.
1: I mean, given the amount of products she developed, that could be just four rounds of each product, which is actually True. pretty normal. But basically my point is I won the bet.
0: Did we say $20?
1: I think we said 10 but I'll take 20
0: Okay. Here are two things I think are interesting about this brand and sort of what make it a little bit less than just being a celebrity-fronted skincare brand. Number one, they are partnering with Sephora at retail, but they're also going to be sold on Amazon starting in January. And I think that's a big deal because Sephora is notoriously suspicious and scared of Amazon as a competitor if they ever were able to sort of crack the luxury beauty space. And also there's so much of a gray market for beauty on Amazon that a lot of beauty brands really shun the platform altogether. But I guess it speaks to the power of JLo that Sephora would allow them to be both in Sephora and on Amazon.
1: It could also speak to the fact that Sephora is maybe struggling a little bit to, like you said earlier, figure out who they really are.
0: But it's like if you could get something on Amazon.com via Prime the next day versus waiting three or four days in Sephora, I'd kind of want it faster.
1: If you're V.I.B. Rouge or you're trying to be, you would buy it through Sephora, right?
0: Yeah, I guess. And here's the other piece I thought was interesting is that unlike her past beauty deals, which have been mostly fragrances, this is not a licensing deal. So she actually started a company with Gunthi Renker, who is like the as seen on TV kind of beauty company behind things like Cindy Crawford, Meaningful Beauty. But she started this company called Ascendant Beauty LLC, and they're the ones who registered the trademark for JLo Beauty. So she actually has ownership in the brand versus getting a licensing fee for using her name. And that's obviously because she sees now how big JLo Glow was and all of these things, and, and she wants a bigger piece of the pie. Annie, do you remember the rosewater spray that comes in like a white spray bottle? You can buy it at like Whole Foods or any granola-y kind of shop. It's called Heritage
1: Heritage Store. Store. Yeah, (laughs) Rosewater spray? Yes, it's like the original face mist.
0: Right. So they rebranded and they revealed their rebrand on Instagram at Heritage Store Naturals. And people including myself, or up in arms. There was something kind of, I want to say, like Whole Foods and earnest about their old packaging, and also just iconic. And their new packaging looks a little bit like everyone else. It's like a pink label with like rose petals, and it's just, it looks like it's trying to be more of like a Quote unquote beauty brand?
1: It kind of looks like that brand, R and Co. It has like the photo real print of rose petals, you know, blown up really big. And so yeah. it looks really graphic. And then like a white label in the middle.
0: But people were not into it. On Instagram, there were comments like, sad, the old packaging is iconic, no need to rebrand. And then someone said, nope, not up for this new look. Your look is iconic. And sorry to say, this signature sun logo does not make your brand stand out. I'm all about growth and trying new things, but this is not it. This looks like a perfume spray mist you'd buy from Victoria's Secret, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. I actually DM'd the brand to find out how they came up with this rebrand and I asked if they worked on it in-house or with an agency and they told me we started with an agency and then brought it in-house with the exception of commissioning an artist for the watercolor on the package lots of love and time went into the rebrand we're so happy you're excited for it so
1: that whole process where it starts with an agency and comes in-house does not sound like it went well
0: (laughs) (laughs) right yeah you're right
1: But like, I mean, their old label, it does look like it was designed with like Microsoft PowerPoint. It has like the three ovals with the words inside. I I mean, it's iconic. It really is. Don't fix it if it ain't broke. This would be if, like, what's the other brand that has like the coconut scented? Uh, skin trip. Yes. It would be like if skin trip rebranded. Like, just please don't do it. Don't do it.
0: Don't get any idea of skin trip.
1: Nick, have you ever tried function of beauty?
0: No, I've tried Pros, which is a similar concept. It's like you take a quiz about what your hair is like, where you live and things like that, your moisture level, and then they send you a custom, quote unquote, custom bottle of shampoo and conditioner.
1: Yeah, and then I, they started with hair and now they're making facial products as well. I think body products too. Well, they just raised, I think the industry term is, a shit ton of money, <laughs> $150 million, which is huge. I mean, that is that's a lot of money.
0: That's a ton of money. And they raised it from L Catterton, which is, I think, one of the most prestigious and biggest private equity groups.
1: To put this all into perspective, Glossier's last round, which got, you know, a ton of press for being, it placed them in like the unicorn category of startups that are valued at a billion dollars. And they raised $100 million in their last round. So Function of Beauty was seeking a $1 billion valuation. I'm not sure if this gives it to them. I assume so,
0: though, right? I don't know. I mean, like, L. Catterton is a really prestigious private equity group. They have a relationship with LVMH, and it's sort of a surefire way to acquisition, so to an exit for the founders. L. Catterton's invested in everyone from Bliss to ClassPass to Ghani to honest and hydro and literally like every brand you could think of. Nutrafol, Pepe Jeans.
1: Those were the two brands that I was thinking of next.
0: (laughs) Public Goods, (laughs) Drivectin, Tula skincare They make really smart decisions. Kettle foods, like, you know, those potato chips, everything. They have their fingers in everything. Now they have it in beauty.
1: The thing I think is really interesting about Function Of is I was always convinced that influencer marketing didn't really work. Like I've seen firsthand that Kim Kardashian will post about your brand and it really doesn't move the needle. Chris, if... What was her alter ego?
0: Dave Stromberg.
1: Dave Stromberg, if you're listening, please don't hold this against me. Granted, that was organic posting that I did see of Kim. It wasn't a paid post. I'm sure she puts a little bit more oomph behind it and does move the needle on paid posts. But Function of has invested a ton of money in influencer marketing, like they'll have Madison Beer... Kim Kardashian, everyone else in LA. Do static
0: Instagram posts. And a static Instagram post, meaning not in stories, the going rate, according to one of my friends who works in this field, is starting at $200,000 for one Instagram post. So they're spending a ton, a ton, a ton of money on influencers, seems to be working. Kim even had like a discount code that she was offering, which is a way that they were directly tracking the return on the investment to see how many transactions came from the Kim post. So obviously something's working really well. Function of Beauty is definitely one to watch.
1: Nick, are you ready for another really interesting hair story? Yes. So George Clooney did an interview recently with CBS Sunday Morning. And he revealed that he's been cutting his own hair for years and years and years, not with scissors, but with a flow bee.
0: What is a flow bee?
1: I don't know. I'm picturing it's like one of those vacuum things like that vacuums your hair up and has scissors inside.
0: I just looked it up and that is what a Flobie is. (laughs) Apparently now after this story came out, Flobies are now sold out on Amazon and everywhere else. But here's the thing I'll say about this. I love that he's a DIY guy. It fits with what I feel like he's like.
1: (laughs) It looks like a straight up vacuum cleaner.
0: (laughs) It's like a vacuum cleaner. But here's the thing is he's an actor, Which means that he has hair and makeup for his job. So like he's getting his hair cut whenever he is on a job. So like, sure, maybe in the off season, which for George Clooney is probably not that often, he's cutting his own hair. But realistically, like he's having the best hair and makeup people in the world cut his hair. Why are you coming for George like this? Sorry, I don't want to rain on anyone's parade.
1: Wasn't he like the most famous haircut of the 90s with like the Caesar cut?
0: I went to Astor Barber's, the place that I think now is getting saved but was going to close in New York City in Astor Place, and I asked for the George Clooney Caesar cut. I have a picture of it. When was this? I mean, two years ago? No. (laughs) I was, I don't know, 10 or 11?
1: (laughs) What? You're lying. You were like, I want a Caesar cut at 10 years old? Yes, I mean, he did look good. I think he's the only person that looks good with that hair. Him and like Enrique Inglises.
0: The Floby system is $98.95. It's a literal vacuum. There is a super mini vac that you can also buy. But my question is, is it like one haircut is what you get? It's like all one length, I guess? Yeah. No, it
1: has different attachments.
0: Right, but it's just like how long. It's not like, oh, this one is for like a PC cut, and this one's for like a <laughs> <laughs> bowl cut.
1: You might get a PC cut.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're probably going to get a PC cut.
1: My question is, where's Dyson been at? Why don't they have a Floby Dyson?
0: I mean, that's a great question. The Floby system is out of stock.
1: Hmm. You can get a Con Air Man cordless rotary hair cutting cut kit on Amazon. <laughs>
0: Or you can buy a Flobee on eBay. They're now going for $155 or $228, actually, now.
1: That's as much as you spend on one haircut in LA, isn't (sighs) it?
0: No, I spend less than that, much less. But yeah, so I'd wait. They're going to restock, and then we're all going to be able to get George Clooney's haircut. Our final story is one that we hope will have a part two, and that is Martha Stewart just launched a line of CBD gummies. And I love Martha. I don't like that she wouldn't pick a side in the last election, but I'll let it go because I think she's a goddess. She launched this line on her Instagram account. She looked a little stoned in the pictures. Oh, actually, she took the pictures out.
1: Which Instagram account are you on? Are you on her personal? Hers?
0: No, her personal. She took it down.
1: Whoa, we just uncovered some drama.
0: Yeah, she took the picture of her launch of these CBD gummies down.
1: From Martha Stewart 48?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she like wasn't supposed to launch it yet, but it was all like about holiday.
1: It was live.
0: Yeah. Let's see if the website's still up.
1: It was on Canopy. Let's see. Yeah. It's on shopcanopy.com.
0: So, I mean, she looked really stoned in the picture, which might be why she took it down, but you can still buy the products on shopcanopy.com. It wants you to find your inner Martha CBD wellness gummies. So that's been the secret all these years. So that is our top story segment for the week. And... Here's the deal. That's actually going to be our entire episode because we wanted to hit you with the top stories and then get a little bit more time to answer the 60 plus gift giving questions that you guys submitted on Instagram. We want to find like the perfect present for like your brother's rich, recently divorced sister-in-law.
1: That would be your wife.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Um, Oh wait, (laughs) ex-wife. Annie and I are going to spend our weekend, finding gifts for you to give. And we're going to record on Sunday. We're going to release it on Tuesday. It's going to be a big holiday, year-end, spectacular gift guide. And let
1: me tell you, if you were a fan of my Amazon high-cut French cut briefs, which, again, you guys keep on buying and now I can't get them, which is kind of messed up, then you're going to really love the other stuff that I have in store for you. There's actually some of the gifts that I'm going to include have been things that people have asked me for links to time and time again over the years from my Instagram. And I'm finally ready to divulge all of my secrets because I feel that now's the time to give. That's it for our episode this week, except for this next segment, which we know is everyone's favorite.
0: Product of the week. So, my product this week, and this might be TMI.
1: Nick, but- I, do you want to go first? <laughs>
0: No, you go first.
1: Okay, I will. My product of the week is one that I don't have anymore because I left it at my last job and didn't take it with me. I don't know if people realize this, but I used to do a lot of the makeup on ITG shoots into the gloss and glossier. And one of the things that I always had in my kit was this Cryolon Dermacolor palette. I had the big version. It's like a double-decker palette of hot, pore, really high-coverage, cream makeup. And I would use it as concealer, but I think people also like to use it as like an all over foundation if they want something more high coverage, but they also sell them in smaller palettes. They come in these really cute aluminum metal, you know, that looks like little paint palettes that you can open up the lid to and close it. It looks like a little watercolor palette and they sell them in six shade containers as well for $35 each. And what I like about them is If you're really particular about how you do your makeup and you really sit down and like digest your whole face, sometimes you'll see that. Different parts of your face are different colors. And so if you really want to get particular, you do need different shades of concealer or foundation to get the effect that you want. So I like to use, you know, or a lot of women I think like to use like a lighter shade under their eyes and then a taupey or shade to contour with, you know, they can make themselves look like they got a little sun by using like a slightly orangey darker shade where the sun would hit your face. It's such a good product. I love it as a concealer. It is so, so, so high coverage, but it has a really... Really, like real skin finish to it. So it reflects light in the perfect way, like a nice moisturized look, not greasy at all. It lasts all day long. And I am going to, after we're done recording, going to buy a new palette because I miss it.
0: Interesting. Cryolan is a line that was developed. It's like for theater or like. It's like stage makeup. Movies. It's professional grade, like serious makeup, makeup.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can get it at alconemakeup.com.
0: Or at cryoland, us.cryoland.com.
1: Yeah, I love it. I wish they would sell little like singles even. And I think you can get a tester palette to see like what shades are right for you too. Anyway, that's my story. Thanks for listening.
0: So my story is that, and this is going to be TMI, but I had a little zit on my butt and I put a hydrostar from Starface on it particularly one of the Hello Kitty ones that they just launched. <laughs> At night, I went to bed <laughs> with a Hello Kitty sticker on my ass. I woke up, the zit was gone. Can you describe the zit? It was just like a red raised, and maybe it was ingrown hair. I don't know. But like, it was just kind of like, you know, you get zits all over your body. It's like zits don't discriminate. Yeah,
1: but you get a lot of different kinds of zits all over your body.
0: What, you, did, think, did it have if you're a white wondering head? If it was herpes, it was not herpes. <laughs> That's not
1: what I'm wondering. Did it have a white head? Okay, because here's the thing
0: I, I couldn't get a really great look at it, to be honest, because it was on my ass.
1: Okay, so I've been curious about my entire body my whole life, and I can actually, like an owl, turn my head all the way around and see the back <laughs> of my body.
0: Or like the girl in like The Shining or whatever? The, the, the exorcist? exorcist.
1: Not unlike the possessed girl in The Exorcist. Yeah. Wait, so you really don't know if it was like just a raised red bump I think or...
0: It, I know. I think it had like... It was what would have started to have a white head. So I caught it like right before it kind of went really... Like over. Yeah. Like really popped. And what's funny is that I had gotten them because I'm friends with Julie Schott who started Starface. And she had sent me their launch kit. And Casey, my husband, had kept it and was using it all the time on his face and even like on his body, on his chest or on his back... And so I hadn't really used them, but he was really into them. And I just, like, I didn't understand how, like, a sticker could do anything. I thought it was more just like a cute thing. But, the zit went down overnight and it's they use hydrocolloid They're hydrocolloid patches you can get them on starface.world and right now they have really cute hello kitty refills but otherwise they have like you know they'll do like rainbow ones and the regular yellow ones and metallic ones and the idea is to sort of normalize and celebrate our imperfections and also provide these like solutions that you know what actually work. $10.99 Ten ninety nine for a refill pack with 32 HydroStars.
1: I love that. I'm so happy for your butt.
0: So that's it for this week's episode, our brief episode of Eyewitness Beauty. Thank you so much for listening.
1: Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Beauty, or you can write to us at hi at eyewitnessbeauty.com.
0: Eyewitness Beauty is produced by Jessamyn Molly of Seaplane Armada. Our album art, I like to call it our album art, was designed by Simon Abronowitz, and our theme music is by Danny Prezant. As always, we have research assistance from the amazing Alicia Bansall.
1: We'll be back next week with another brand new episode early in the week, so you have time to order all of the gift guide suggestions before Christmas, we hope, or whatever holiday you want to celebrate in December.
0: We will talk to you next week.
1: Goodbye, kitty.
0: Bye, kitty cat.